Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today our teaching is in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 25. Here's Pastor Ryan. You know, the Lord is gracious and merciful, and His mercies are new every day. We're so blessed that in Jesus Christ we find forgiveness for our sins. But there's a reason why we preach the gospel, and there's a reason why the Lord saved us who have faith in Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross for our sins. There's a reason, and that reason is... To, to share the saving gospel of Jesus Christ to a world that is lost. Because though God is long-suffering, one day he's going to say that's it with a Christ-rejecting world. And the same with Israel and Judah in our story. Uh, Israel, he had warned them through the prophets time again, but they would not hear the prophets. And instead they turned away from God. And so he used the Assyrians to take them into captivity and to punish them. And then here in our story, it's the Babylonians now who are the world power. And the Lord is using them to pass his judgment upon his people. But he was so merciful and so wonderful and so loving. And he took care of them, but they turned away from from him as the lost world out there is not living for God we pray that many would come that God would use us here at Sweet Hills to share the gospel with our friends and with our neighbors because the time is short and there's going to be a time when God's long-suffering will hit its max and then judgment come and in psalm 2 it's a messianic psalm it's about jesus christ uh, it says in psalm 2 verses 10 through 12 now therefore be wise o kings be instructed you judges of the earth serve the lord with fear and rejoice with trembling Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. What an amazing warning that spans throughout history. Psalm 2 is for today, just as much as it was when it was written. God's warning to the kings of the earth, the presidents, the prime ministers, the kings, the queens, to be instructed, the judges of the earth, to serve the Lord with fear, and to kiss the Son, means honor Jesus Christ, lest he be angry. And we look at the cross and we see our Savior carrying the cross for us, dying for our sins. And what a beautiful thing that was and is. And, on the, and that was all for our sins. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. And he's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. And how beautiful that we can go to the throne of grace at any time to Jesus and pray to him. And ask him for help in our time of need. We, we serve a loving, gracious, merciful Savior who didn't have to save us, but he did. But for those who reject that love, for those who think that it's, it's not true, who those who deny him, you know, it's, it's going to be a terrible, terrible judgment. And for that reason, we need to share our faith. And so we begin in verse 1 of chapter 25. It says, Now it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, that's Zedekiah, in the tenth month, 
on the tenth day of the month that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came against Jerusalem and encamped against it, and they built a siege wall against it all around. So the city was besieged until the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. And so now the year is 586 B.C., before Christ, and this is the last deportation. This is it for, for Judah. They're going into captivity. And Nebuchadnezzar goes down there himself again, and he surrounds Jerusalem and uh, puts it under siege. And so we know that what they would do is surround a city whenever an army would, would, would take a city uh, under siege and prevent any supplies from going in or anybody from going out and so they would starve out the inhabitants of a city and so here's jerusalem being starved out here are the people and it says that it had become so severe that there was no food for the people of the land and so here are god's people with no food being besieged by their enemies filled with fear and the cause of this is because of their rebellion. When all throughout their history, God had provided for them so wonderfully. He had given them the land of milk and honey. They were a people that were known to be fed by God himself miraculously throughout their history. They prospered as they honored the Lord. And I think that that's a, it's, a, it's a real beautiful thing to remember tonight that we as his people can be confident that the Lord provides for our every need. Jesus Christ will provide for your needs and mine. He, you know, the people in our story are in a, in a desperate situation. And the world out there, I believe, is in a desperate situation. Just most of them don't know that they are. They don't know where to find help because they are spiritually under siege from Satan. They are blinded by the prince of this world, the prince of the air, the Bible calls them. So they're blinded, they're desperate, they're starving spiritually. And the Bible says that they are suppressing the truth. So in their heart of hearts, they know that Jesus is the son of God. They just do not want to accept the truth because they don't want to give up their rights to their own lives. They want to live however they want to live as and they, and they come up with excuses. They're suppressing the truth. They're desperate out there. And I think of the time when our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, fed the multitudes. And he met them. He fed one group of men that was 5,000, not including the women and children. And then he, he fed another group of 4,000, and not including women and children. But when he had provided that miracle by feeding them with uh, two small fish, John tells us there were two small fish and five barley loaves. When he did that, they, the, the people followed Jesus because he provided food for them. And it was miraculous. And in Capernaum, the multitudes had followed him across or followed him as he crossed the Sea of Galilee to Capernaum. They began to ask him questions. And he said to them, you're, you're here basically because of the bread, because you were fed. And he said, and they responded to him in John chapter 6, verse 31 through 35. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
And then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. If you're here tonight and you haven't accepted the Lord, I guarantee you this world will leave you empty. I lived a life aside from Christ for many years, and no matter what I try to fill my heart with, it never satisfied. It never satisfied. It left me empty, and it left me empty. And, and then I came to Christ, and it's true. He is the bread of life. I no longer am, am hungry. I'm fulfilled for eternity because Christ lives in me, and he continually fills my soul, and that is what the world is missing. They can do nothing for their aching souls, but it is only in Christ Jesus, the bread of life. These folks in our story are besieged physically, but it does remind me of the state of the world that they are under siege by the kingdom of darkness. And that's why the Bible tells us in Colossians that God, through his son, has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the love of his son. And so you go from one to the other. And I'm not talking about the gang members and the wicked people. I'm talking about anyone who hasn't accepted Christ and who look as clean as a whistle. Self-righteousness is probably scarier than some of the physical sins. Amen? And so the city was besieged until the 11th year of King Zedekiah. And by the ninth day of the fourth month the famine had become so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. Then the city wall was, broke through, was broken through, and all the men of war fled at night by way of the gate between two walls, which was by the king's garden, even though the Chaldeans were still encamped all around against the city, and the king went by way of the plain. And so the Babylonians broke through the walls. And the fighting men, the guys that were supposed to stand and fight, they, they took off running through a, a double part of the wall. And even the king took off after them. And so they're, they're fleeing. They're leaving the people, those who were supposed to be there, because the wall was broken down. And it says here in verse 5, But the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king, and they overtook him in the plains of Jericho. All his army was scattered from him. So they took the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah, and they pronounced judgment on him. Riblah was the field headquarters of Nebuchadnezzar, north of Damascus. Then they killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, put out the eyes of Zedekiah, bound him with bronze fetters or chains, and took him to Babylon. They killed his sons in front of him. And then they pulled his eyes out. And then they chained him and marched him 500 miles to Babylon. The walls were broken down, we just read. The enemy broke down their wall. And it is a perfect picture of a person who is living a life not given to Jesus Christ. There is no defense. There is no shelter. I have known shelter like no other through Jesus Christ. I have known a fortress, a castle wall like no other in my relationship with Jesus Christ. We serve a God of defense, a fortress, a strong wall that no one can tear down. 
It's, it's made and built by Jesus Christ, the carpenter from Nazareth, our Savior, the Messiah. He protects us, guys. He protects you through and through. But a person who lives for themselves, leans on their own understanding, doesn't abide in Christ, doesn't care to seek Jesus in the morning or in the evenings or in the afternoon, doesn't seek to make the Lord their God, their life is in the balance and they don't even know it. But then there are those who know the Lord, who have accepted him as Lord and Savior, but he's not really been Lord like he needs to be. I, I believe that, that the walls can become weak in that state as well. So we need to make sure that our defenses are up well, that we put on the armor of God, that we're spending time with the Lord so that when trials come, our walls are not broken down. Our defense is strong. Having done all to stand, the Bible says, stand. And sometimes we don't do all to stand. We do some to stand, partially, I, you know. But the Bible says, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore. Stand, therefore. O oh, Lord, build a wall around us of defense. Because I want to fight for you. I want to be a soldier for you. Don't you want to be a soldier for the Lord? Shouldn't we be praying for just the walls to be up and strong so we can fight? Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 26, you remember, but who, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Great was its fall. We're reading about the great fall of the southern kingdom of Judah. In Psalm 127, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Judah, unless you're with the Lord, your walls are nothing. And we see, here comes the enemy to take them. It says here that the, the men of war fled. And that's never a good set of words to put together with the men of war fled. No, the men of war fought, stood their ground. Did not buckle the, the men of war. Oh, Lord, help us to be good soldiers. The Bible says that a good soldier of Christ does not entangle himself with the cares of this world. But they fled. And what happened? The army of the Chaldeans pursued the king and they overtook him in the plains of Jericho. Could they run? Maybe a little bit, but they couldn't escape. Why? Because it's the judgment of God. It's the judgment of God upon them. It's not like the Chaldeans are just a tool. It's the judgment of God. Do you know that some of the guards in the Chaldean army were literally telling the Jews there, oh, we're here because the Lord sent us here to take you because you have not obeyed his word. Literally, Chaldeans told him that. They knew we're here because God sent us to take you captive because you, you didn't want to listen to the word. That's crazy to me. But the reality is, who can run from the judgment of God? Who can run? And so many are blinded thinking they can escape. If they, just, they just psychologically talk themselves into checking the balances for themselves. I don't think I'm that bad of a person. And the world says that. I haven't killed anybody. I'm, you know, not like him or her. That's how the world, they literally psych themselves out. You don't bend the knee to Jesus Christ. You don't care to talk to him. You don't care to pray to him. 
You don't care to serve him. You don't care to go into his house as he calls us to. You don't care. And you, why would he? Why? We go to heaven because we want to be with him. You apparently, some people in the world, they don't want to be with him. Yet they psych themselves out like, man, you know what? I gave $500 to that hospital over there. That's got to mean something. It means zero. It means a great for the people who received it, but zero as far as you going to heaven. You can give all your money to the poor and end up, you know, you can give your body for the poor. You can die trying to feed the poor. You'll still not go to heaven unless you receive Jesus Christ as your king. Kiss the son lest he be angry. And there's nowhere to run from it. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 6. Beginning in verse 12. I looked when he opened the sixth seal. And behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. And the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? The world will not be able to hide from the wrath of the Lamb that is coming. It's a matter of time. It's coming. They cannot hide. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Please, we need to share our faith with people. Share your faith with people. Just tell them to get into a Bible teaching church. Share what Christ has done for you because he is coming and vengeance is mine, says, saith the Lord. We won't be here for any of this stuff if you've accepted him. You'll be taken out of here in a big boat called the rapture like Noah and the eight. And in the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which was the 19th year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He burned the house of the Lord and the king's house, all the houses of Jerusalem, that is, all the houses of the great, he burned with fire. And all the army of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guard, broke down the walls of Jerusalem all around. And so now we read that this, this captain of the guard, one of Nebuchadnezzar's men, burned the house of the Lord, the temple in Jerusalem that Solomon had built, that had stand, stood about 400 years by this time. Guys, the temple burnt to the ground. All that's there now, it's a pile of burned rubble. Think about how sad that is in our story when we think about how spectacular and beautiful and stunning the temple was when Solomon built it. It was so glorious, wasn't it? Those, those chapters in, in 1 Kings 7, 8, 9. The, the, the temple that Solomon built was so beautiful. 
And, I re and in chapter 8, he prays to the Lord, Lord, like you, you cannot be withheld in a building, but, but because you're good and we built this house, will you, will, you, will you promise to be here? Will you put your name here? He said, Lord, when, when our people sin, and they sin against their neighbor, but they come to your house to get right. Will you hear their prayers from this house and forgive them? Lord, when your people, Israel, are, are beaten by their enemies because they've sinned, but they come to this house and they repent and honor your word, will you hear them from this house and forgive them? That's how beautiful the temple was, but... But where is it now? It's in ruins because really what makes the temple is the substance within it, which are the people, whether or not they will honor the word of God. That's what makes a building. That's what makes a church. Do the people, do the preachers honor the word of God and uphold it? Because the Holy Spirit honors that. We want a church that is full of substance. Not just lights and smoke machines and cool screens behind the pastor. Those things are nice for those who want them. But we want this place to be filled with substance. We want the word of God to be magnified above his name. Not just from the pulpit, but how we interact with each other. Is the word of God our constitution? Is the word of God how we live? Are we a people that seeks God in prayer? Prayer last night was bomb. The substance is in the Holy Spirit doing a work. There are plenty of packed out churches today that, that are packed because of, of, of not the right reasons. It's more of an entertaining, kind of seeker-friendly, kind of give you the messages that you want to hear rather than the, the, the counsel of God that, that teaches and warns. We want to be a church that has substance then the substance is Christ. In Europe, there's the most stunning cathedrals you can ever see. And you look at what has happened to the denominations in Europe and how they have gone liberal, progressive, easy on sin, not standing up against sin like our Lord did, like John the Baptist did, like Peter did, like Paul did, like James and John and the rest. Rather, they're just all about acceptance because God's a God of love. And it's that kind of theology in Europe that has left these cathedrals, though beautiful, empty and without power. And the same happened in Jerusalem during Jesus' time. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing See, your house is left to you desolate. And at the time, it was the second temple that was renovated and added to by King Herod. So it was the second temple during Jesus' time. The first one we just read tonight got destroyed. He was around on the second one, and it was so extravagant, so amazing, that the disciples said, Lord, look at all these buildings. And he said, I assure you, not one stone will be left upon another that is not thrown down. So the substance, it's either going to be God's truth or go to a movie if you want to be entertained. God help me never to be a hireling. God help us all to just be about his business, speaking the truth. Jesus said, if they hated me, 
know that they will hate you. Verse 11, Then Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, carried away captive the rest of the people who remained in the city and the defectors who had deserted to the king of Babylon with the rest of the multitude. But the captain of the guard left some of the poor of the land as vine dressers and farmers, the bronze pillars that were in the house of the Lord, and the carts and the bronze sea that were in the house of the Lord, that sea was that big tub where, filled with water where they would just wash all the blood off of their hands from the sacrifices. The Chaldeans broke in pieces and carried their bronze to Babylon. They broke it down to carryable portions. And they also took away the pots, the shovels, the trimmers, the spoons, and the bronze utensils with which the priests ministered. The fire pans and the basins, the things of solid gold and solid silver, the captain of the guard took away. The two pillars, there they are again, the two pillars, one sea and the carts, which Solomon had made for the house of the Lord. The bronze of these articles was beyond measure. The height of one pillar was 18 cubits, and the capital of it was, was of bronze. The height of the capital was three cubits, and the network of the pomegranate and pomegranates all around the capital were all of bronze. The second pillar was the same with a network. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapin, above.